This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. Hi, my name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. And uh, this is another lockdown conversation with coffee. I hope you have your coffee. My guest is Herman Mashaba. Herman, do you have coffee? Well, I actually just finished my coffee about two minutes before we came on air. Let me just ask you. I just got a glass of water. I just got a glass of water now. <laughs> do you drink real coffee with beans or do you drink instant coffee? I drink instant coffee. But I found uh, the, the last, uh, since uh, the, uh, the the lockdown discovered another way of making it nice, what I do put in about a half uh, cup of um, of milk and then put instant coffee, put it in a, in a microwave for just over a minute and 30 seconds and put in half water and have it with, um, uh, with one, I mean, one teaspoon of sugar. Yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy my coffee. Well, you grew up on a farm, so did you, did you drink mood coffee growing up? <laughs> no, no, well, not a farm as such, a village. Uh, village, uh, okay. Called Harapina, it was a yes. village, it wasn't a, it wasn't a farm, yeah. Well, I mean, lots of farms, but, but it's a small village. <clears throat> well, listen, thank you very much for for joining me on this on this podcast uh lots of people have got questions but we're going to just have a a light-hearted conversation um you've got quite a, a history in south africa and a lot of people talk about where you are now but i'd like to spend just a few minutes chatting about where you came from um for me that's also very interesting because you grew up in apartheid the system was against you and yet you didn't let that bring you down uh what Tell me a little bit about that. Like, how did you, what went through your mind? How did you decide that you were going to just not let this destroy you? Uh, you grew up in Hamanskral. Well, I, I don't know. I think uh, uh, my grandfather played a major role in, in my upbringing because unfortunately I lost my father at the age of two. So mm. by the time I opened up to this life, when we were, what, five, six, uh, there was no father in the house. There was not even a mother. Uh, obviously, uh, my mother was a domestic worker here in, in Johannesburg. I live in Centen right now, yeah, uh, um, not far from actually. It's about 10 minutes old to where my mother used to work. I remember in the 70s. I used to come and visit uh, mm. to her from time to time, all the way from Amanskron. And my grandfather um, used to be a security guard uh, for the um, Harangua municipality. Um, used to come home by bicycle from Harangua to, to Amanskron on a monthly basis. Right. Uh, fortunate enough, I meant so much to this old man. I don't know what, what happened. I believe uh, 26 of August 1959, when I was born, he happened to have been at home. And uh, he made sure that the entire village um, is aware that um, his, his son, that's my father, yeah. has just brought in a special person in, in life. So I grew up uh, with this uh, in, uh, at the back of my mind. That's why actually he called me high man. Uh, you know, to, so everyone in, in, in the village, my age and uh, slightly younger and everyone, I grew up people calling me high man, which was mm. not really my official <laughs> name. And uh, later on, uh, as I was growing up, the name was just too much for me. I decided, no, <laughs> and uh, I changed it to him. And, you know, I remember in the in the seventies when Kaiser Chiefs was formed, they had a the guy called Herman Pelleblaski from uh, Namibia. And I used to obviously play football, and uh, and I used to be called Pele. And, and I decided to let myself Herman. 
and actually only formalized this name Herman uh, in 1994. But in, in the old apartheid days, my reference book, which I still have, uh, it does not have uh, the, the, this Hyman or Herman. It, uh, my name, it, uh, the official one when I was born was Philip something. Oh. Hyman was the name given to by my grandfather. You know? <laughs> so, so what? Okay, so you grew up in a Munskroll, but what, what made you decide that you were not going to let the system break you? I mean, everybody was suffering who was black. Um, how? What made you different? Well, look, you know, my, my, my father used to every time really teach me to be myself and uh, taught me to, one really great lesson that he taught me was to always listen to people, but uh, taught me to uh, believe what people do mm. other than what they say. Says, so, you know what, give people a chance, listen, but one thing for sure, you must understand that uh, some people actually would really say something and go do something different and uh, go and do something completely different so judge people by what they do than what they say but give them a chance to, to listen to them and uh to really still as a sense of uh, saying you know what if you've got to really be educated better than us i'm working as a security guard standing mm. at the gate every day of my life uh, treated like a boy you know so look at mm. the age I'm called a boy. I said, I cannot allow this to really happen to you. So please uh, take school uh, seriously. And uh, that's really how I grew up. Um, you can imagine, actually, I remember when I went to Form 1 at the time, <laughs> in 1975, uh, in, in, in uh, Erla High School, sure. you know, which was uh, a township just outside uh, the, the village I was born. So. You know, for me to be able to go to school from Form 1 up to Form 5, literally, uh, um, I paid for my own school. I, I learned to really gamble. Every, every weekend, I had to really play dice, a game of dice in the townships. Um, that was the only way I could go to school. Otherwise, um, uh, I would not have really been able to go to school. And I was lucky in 1978, passed, uh, passed my matric uh, with a D, which allowed me to go to university. You can imagine living what half an hour from Pretoria. I had to go to University of the North in uh, Tefluop, which mm. was uh, over three kilometers away. I had never been there in my life. I've never been to Petersburg uh, in in my life. I remember taking a train. Fortunately, enough those days trains still worked. There was a train. <laughs> <laughs> there was, a, you know, taking a train at 10 to 10 at night, and you arrive in, in Petersburg just after 5 in the morning. That's what, obviously, I had done my own research. You arrive in Petersburg in the morning, and then you wait until about 9 o'clock. You take train, your mm. buses to Mutia. And that's what the day on the first day to go and register myself. Yeah, and then I had to come back, uh, catch another train in the evening, coming Jeez. back, uh, uh, coming back uh, to a man's crawl. You know, uh, it's unbelievable. In fact, uh, the other day I was saying to my sisters uh, that are you guys aware that you know from from one? You can imagine uh, when I went to from one in 1975, I was what 14, 15, um, to be able to go and register myself, uh, by the. the Single, my mother my mother had never been to my school uh from one to from five and never uh, probably the only time my mother took me to school was when i started sub a in 1966. that's the only time i remember Good heavens. My mother, uh, 
And not that my mother didn't care because uh, she was here working as a domestic worker in Joburg, not allowed to come home, come home once a month if, if she was lucky. So I learned to operate uh, totally independent uh, mm. on, on my own. When, when, uh, when, when I was uh, 13, 14, my sisters, because I was really literally brought up in a child-headed household, yeah. and my sister was uh, 13 years my senior. You know, they said to me when I was, I think, 13, to say, Herman, from now on, you're washing, you do it yourself. You've got to go and fetch water, <coughs> you go and fetch wood. Uh, we don't uh, do your washing, we'll cook for you, but in terms of your washing, you do it yourself. In terms of uh, to, to go to school and uh, having a kid, uh, something to take to school, you make your own plan. That's incredible. So Learn all, all those tricks. Unfortunately, um, uh, after to, to going to university in 1979, second year of my studies, one morning, six o'clock, the university was surrounded by the army. Wait, 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 wait. 1979, sorry, Herman. 1979, that was your second year of varsity. That was the year I was born. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> please please carry on. Sorry. So you said the, 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 uh, the yeah. army. So, yeah, so one morning, university surrounded by the army, and we were given seven, uh, six hours to leave. They said by twelve o'clock, everyone must be out of the university. I remember that day, I did not even have a cent uh, on me. But luckily, you know, the students we were at least we were given cents. Uh, you just get money to get to Petersburg, and then from Petersburg, we had to really get uh, lifts. Um, from anywhere, Jeez. you'll get it. A truck of the, from Petersburg will drop you in nail spray, and then you know, until we got home. And that time, where well, by the time I got home, I was really very angry because, uh, you know, I could see yeah. my life just evaporating, you know, and um, focus my energies of uh, wanting to get. Um, context to get me to leave uh, the country go for military training yeah. I was an angry young man. and I've always believed my, my grandfather told me to change the world my my grandfather always told, told me life was never easy yesterday life is not easy today and it says it can only get worse going forward so Gee. it's up to you to change it says God gave you this little brain always always strive to change your circumstances don't wait for somebody else and um, honestly, I look at it now in reflection. I'm so glad that uh, the, all the contacts that all um, promised to get me out of the country never materialized. And you know why I'm, I'm glad? Uh, and I feel, uh, I think it, it was uh, God's people uh, to uh, protect me from, from, uh, from uh, uh, the horrors <coughs> that are here happening outside the country. Uh, and, and I look at uh, people who are running our country, yeah. who spend uh, their lives uh, thinking that they were fighting for us. In the meantime, they're here, corruption. So, God pro honestly, God protected me from uh, being exposed mm. to corruption uh, and, but I think... and mismanagement. And, and uh, that's when I then decided to uh, go myself a job. I worked for a salary. 30, 30 months in my life. What were you Two doing? What, what were you doing? One, was, one, one uh, my first job in late uh, 80 was uh, uh, with Spa Pretoria, it's a distribution warehouse. Yeah. I worked for Spa for seven months as a dispersed luck. And then my second job, also at the dispersed luck, I worked for Motani Industries in Good, in Goodwood, also in, in Pretoria, the finish, finish manufacturing. 
while I was with Motani, that's when I realized now all of a sudden I'm 22 and I realized, Herman, you're running out of time. You've got to do something about your life. That's when I decided I'm going to go into business. Yeah. GW got us at Los Angeles. There's no black men. You can't go into business. I said, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. I had nothing to lose. And that was the worst. That was the worst decade. The 80s Joy, was the worst, uh, yeah. But, but I, took advantage, I took advantage of it, decided no one is going to control my life. I'm mm. going to. I'd rather live like a, uh, like a criminal because you remember in, in, in those days as, as a black man, yeah. uh, over 16, you had to have uh, a, a passbook, a reference book, which your white employer signs it on a monthly basis. You are, you are restricted to live in a particular area. Like uh, for me in Amanskal, I had to be in the Manskral area if I were sure. if I were there. But now, yep. all of a sudden, after resigning from Motani, I was unemployed because um, I started my business career as a commission sales rep. I wasn't working for anyone. I was representing various companies selling different types of products. Linen, the first job, actually, the first uh, entrepreneurial job was I tried was to sell insurance on a commission basis. But within a month or two, I realized insurance wasn't for me. <laughs> Plan B was to sell linen, uh, dinner services, glasses, uh, the fire detection system. Mm. And then my break came in 1983. But actually, what is interesting that uh, South Africans really need to know that uh, the wisdom uh, God that gave me, he first prevented me, protected me from going for military training because I would would have been messed up. uh, Secondly, um, God gave me the wisdom at the age of 22 before buying a car and going into business to stabilize my life, to get married. 3rd of March, 1982, I got married. Ah, woman. You see, woman. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it, it actually, it's, uh, every time I think about uh, this, is it's really one of the most wonderful, beautiful things that has ever happened to my life because I grew up uh, being naughty, uh, lots of girlfriends and so forth. When, you know, mm. and all of a sudden I realized uh, mm. this can be the life. Um, mm. If you want to go into business, you need stability. As much as you grow up uh, without parents around, you, you need you need a partner so that when you work hard to come home, there's someone to talk to, there's yes. someone to support. Def- definitely agreed. Yeah, that's that's precisely that's precisely the role that my wife played because. Uh, Two months ago, uh, what's the day today? The third, the third of uh, last month uh, of March, my wife and I celebrated the eight years of our marriage. I beg your pardon, the third? The third of March. We sure. celebrated the eight years of our legal oh, wow. marriage. Wow. I, met her, I met her when I was in university, at university, you know. And um, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, in, in 1982, I got um, legally married to her. And uh, she's still, I hope she's still my friend. <laughs> she's my both partner, she's my business partner, she's my lover, she's uh, the mother of my children. And um, without her, honestly, uh, I, I, so, I give so Before you go any further, Herman, what I'm, what I'm picking up from you is that you grew up you grew up in a broken broken home you, you said you, your parents weren't there and yet today you're a family man you believe in the family 
very strongly. I think uh, fortunate enough over the years, uh, uh, have one thing I do, um, I'm admired, uh, I'm, I'm inspired by, 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 by strong family uh, mm. environments. And, and I look at successful people generally all over the world over the last 2000 years. Success of family or a race or a community is based on, on starting at home having very strong families. When you bring uh, a child to being brought in a complete family environment has got a better chance mm. of uh, the child uh, who does not really have uh, parents around. How do you, how do you feel it's South Africa? How, how do you think South Africa does in that in that department? Do you think that we should, should uh, celebrate families more than what we currently do? Well, uh, unfortunately, we said with the government, uh, the, as far as I'm concerned, that is determined to destroy particularly black families. I think we as black families had a tough time during the apartheid days because of the migratory labor system. But if I look at the kind of leaders we have, I mean, it, it's, it's actually quite scary. And, and personally, I believe uh, they're doing this deliberately because uh, the, the only way NC can remain in power is when black people are broken, they're poor, they're uneducated, uh, that they, uh, they become uh, voting machines. And yeah. uh, for me, uh, I'm, I'm totally convinced uh, it is not uh, a mistake where we're seeing break families breaking up worse than they used to break during apartheid days. We used to complain about this uh, during apartheid, which was an evil system but right now we've got our own people who i believe actually want to see us broken as families that's why they're yeah. allowing drugs to come in they're allowing modern day slavery to happen in in our country and um i'm, I'm so glad that's why i keep saying i'm god protected me from from mm. this group of people because i agree with uh, you uh, very much and if uh, if i had gone uh, in 1979 19, uh, if i if i had an opportunity to have gone uh, to to exile these are the kind of people i would have uh, mixed with so i'm god pro uh, i believe uh, god protected me from them now herman something that you uh, have, have spoken about and it's written about in your book and so on is that where your success in your in your career kind of started was when you started selling products out of the boot of uh, of of your car right have I, have I got that correct absolutely you know from so what how uh, did that start yeah well it's as i said what happened is uh, i went for more uh, spa motani save mm. money bought a car in fact before buying a car that's when i got married and then a few months later then i bought a car mm. and a few months later then i resigned from my work and then i started um commission work uh the the, the late uh, uh, 1982 um starting with insurance and realized insurance is not for me then i started selling dinner services uh, linen glasses and so forth and then my biggest break came in 1983 that's where i really started making money there was a company here in johannesburg called the world of hair uh, owned by a couple called uh, leon uh, and uh, what is leon's wife uh, uh colleen uh, they had a company called the world of hair they had a product um, for the black market called super Care. so i became leon Lowe, uh, you're, you're sorry are you referring to leon low leon low no no not leon leon low oh right um, Sorry, Leon Thompson. Sorry, Thompson. Man. There we go. Right. Uh, Leon Lloyd from the Free Market yes, Foundation. Yes, yes, that's right. 
<laughs> uh, Leon Thompson and Colleen Thompson. Uh, yeah. So they, they, they had a company in Malvern East called the World of Hair. They had a brand called Supercell. And uh, it so happened that I sold the products for them on a commission basis uh, from um, sometime in 1983. It took me 19 months. Uh, to, I was a, a top salesman. I was, I mean, you can imagine for a black guy the, the, in late 83, 84, I was earning roughly 4,000 rents uh, commission a month. Okay. Which is very and good. A lot of, oh, 4,000 rents, uh, those, yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember um, uh, the the guy, Johan Krill, who was the production manager who joined while I was there as a production manager. Johan was earning 1,006 as, as a production manager. And, and, and a white <laughs> so I was earning double who was who was your target market. sorry Herman who was your target market black uh, black consumers right okay black women just wanted uh, I mean uh, the perm uh, market that hit the the, mm. the, the world and, um, yeah perms and, are big uh, <laughs> I can tell you uh, the apartheid government prevented us from opening salons mm. and uh, businesses but I can tell you it, it was one industry that uh, the apartheid government could not really stop. Like it was yes. like the taxi industry. Salons yeah, were just mushroom. They were just mushrooming. But hang on a second. You and don't that's have... when in nineteen months time I sold for them for nineteen months and during that time I said, you know what? I'm not gonna make this product yeah. so for the rest of my But hang on, you don't have hair. Did you did you have hair back <laughs> I, then? Oh you, you want me to show you pictures? Yes. Yes. I can show you pictures. <laughs> you can Google my pictures of uh, <laughs> in the eighties I was I had Afro <laughs> Okay, so so what what was happening was that you were you were uh, doing very well with the with these cosmetic pro products, and what what happened after that? How did it how did it get even better? Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's when at, uh, nineteen months down the line, I said, "No, my goodness, I, I'm not going to make this products for this guy for the rest of my life. Mm. I'm, I've got to find a way to make this products myself because the industry was was exploding, and I, so then." had to put together a, a, a group of like-minded. There was another black guy, Joseph Mulanto, who I had brought in uh, to work as a commission sales rep. I, one day I said to your Joseph, I said, Joseph, let's approach Johan Grill, uh, this white Africana guy. Uh, uh, I believe he is an entrepreneur. I had learned this from Leon. Leon and I used to be uh, friendly. I used to travel a lot with him because I was his top sales rep. Wanted to to go and see my market. So used to travel a lot with him and um, made a terrible mistake uh, during our travels. Uh, uh, because I used to ask him about the sustainability of our business and so forth, and he says, "No, what our biggest uh, concern is this great uh, production uh, guy, Johan Grill." Um, he says uh, this guy is an entrepreneur. He's went he went under uh, uh, under in business uh, two three times. He says, "I can tell you uh, that, that this guy, as soon as he recovers, he's gonna leave us." So my challenge is to find um, a reliable, stable uh, production manager. So he did not realize I was listening. Then, so when I then decided to uh, to, uh, to to start uh, my own uh, the, the, uh, company, I then said to to Joseph, I said, Joseph, you know what? I've been told that this is Johan Grill. Uh, it's a, it's an interpreter. He's not going to stick around. Let's take a chance. We've got nothing mm -hmm. to lose. Let's still uh, 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 ask Johan to join us. 
And yeah, one, after one day I had an opportunity to have Johan on the side and I said, Johan, you're a great uh, the, the, the production manager. The market you can see is exploding. Let's go and make the money ourselves. Yeah. Uh, Johan said, because I don't have the money, I've just gone through a difficult period. I said, Johan, are you committed? We'll find the money. <laughs> he says, guys, if you find the money, I'm in. Oh my goodness. Now, that was for, for me an easy task. Uh, Joseph and I knew uh, uh, one woman in, in Mabopani, Mrs. Uh, Dube. Yeah, her husband was a very uh, prominent, successful black business guy in, in the Mabopani area. Uh, the wife had a salon, they had a shopping center in the shopping center. The wife uh, had a salon and was uh, uh, was my client. Then requested Mrs. Dube to introduce us uh, to the husband. He says, so Mrs. Dube, look at this uh, industry is growing literally every hour, not even every day. We want to make these products ourselves. She says, we've got a great white guy who, who's prepared to yeah. really join us as, 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 as our production manager. We need we need the funding. Would you mind to introduce us uh, to, your, to your husband? A few days later, Walter called us to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to his place. Joseph, just at the time, Joseph and I would sold the story to him. I, I had my sales uh, um, commissioned uh, this thing over the, the, the 18 months, showing him from day one mm. on a monthly basis how my commission was growing. And uh, the author says, how much do you guys need? And we said, uh, give us a few days. Went back with Johan. We put together a business plan. We only needed 30,000 rents. <laughs> only? Wow. <laughs> We went now with Johan to all terms. So, Mr. Dube, here's the team. We need only 30,000 uh, um, uh, to start this business. We will we will pay you back in three years. And, and did you? Walter uh, spoke to it, uh, to his business, one of his business partners, um, very successful businessman in, in Harangua called, used to be called uh, Uncle Ned. Mr. Moja used to be called Uncle Ned. They gave us January of uh, 20, uh, uh, 1985. It's in my book, the payslip uh, yeah. standard pay. It's it's in, in in the book. Gave us thirty thousand rands. One of the most expensive uh, uh, financing model. Wow. You know, they said, guys, because I didn't know us. I mean, I was mm. about 24, I still think at the time. And then Joseph was about two years older than I am. And then uh, uh, Johan probably just over 10 years older than I, uh, I was, you know. Mm. So it says, look, guys, uh, we are happy to really fund you. But we want 25% uh, in the business. We want interest plus 10%. And interest, you can uh, go back. Uh, yeah. Bank. yeah. Interest in 1985 was uh, was at 21 percent. Yeah, yeah, it was very high. We were, we were paying 10. We were paying prime plus 10 percent. Good heavens! And then we gave we gave them shares in in the business, and uh, we had to pay them in three in in three years time. And did you? And uh, I was lucky. I was lucky. We paid them back in seven months. You are kidding. <laughs> Seven months. Seven, seven months. months of, yeah, seven months. We paid them back. Uh, by 1989, we had built our own factory in Mabopani because we are not allowed to have factories uh, anywhere else uh, in in Mabopani, right in the township. Walter had a piece of ground that he had bought some years. Ago. So he sold us this piece of land. So we built our own factory, six thousand square meter factory, ten million rands. We did not owe, owe anyone a cent. My word, is it still there today? 
Yeah. Is the factory still there no, today? Well, no, the factory, I mean, it used to be the pride of my life, um, mm. you know, in the, the, in the late 80s. Uh, here was a, a factory right in the heart of the of the township, in the community, employing hundreds of, of, of people, supplying products, the whole of South Africa and Southern Africa, Zimbabwe, mm. Malawi, and so forth. Coming out of the, the township, there was a massive business activity when they talk about the black industrialists. We mm. created black industrialists during the dark days of this country's history. But you know, Herman... Fortunately, on the, on the 17th of November, 1993, someone decided to toss my factory. Gee. You know, what, what, what makes your um, story so far uh, remarkable is, is that you grew up during apartheid. You had a, a broken family. Um, you have not or you did not allow any of that to bring you down so you are a self-made success you believe in a family and so far from everything that you've told me you represent exactly what south africa should be striving for um and not looking for for handouts if you look at if you look at some of the guys of the anc they're wealthy but not because they worked hard for it that is why ANC hates me. They don't know that ANC uh, has never mm. appreciated uh, people like myself. Uh, yeah. From uh, they appreciated us uh, during the dark days of apartheid because uh, yeah. we could help there and there, you know. But uh, post uh, 1994, uh, black entrepreneurs like us. Uh, and you've been actually, totally, actually they erased us uh, from from the memory yeah, because. It's... We, we were not what they wanted to achieve because they did not want to to show black success. Yeah, they did yeah. not want black people to understand that they can do it on their own. They wanted black people yeah. to be poor. They wanted black people to 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 remain uh, vulnerable so that uh, they can depend uh, on on government. And so, so you that's why people like myself, uh, ask ANC people. Uh, uh, I remember it was it a year or so ago when uh, go out uh, saying that my business was started by PW Boat. Ach no. <laughs> No, it's that, you know, in one of the public meetings, uh, talking to the ANC people that, you know, being accused, no, these are people who, whose businesses were started by the apartheid government. Because we, we don't represent uh, what ANC wants to achieve. No. ANC would yeah. um, to see successful black people on their own. Well, go to succeed, you, you succeed by being part of their, their corrupt network. Exactly. Well, we're going to come to that shortly. We we kind of telling a story, which is which is wonderful to 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 hear, and it's great to hear it coming from you and not from uh, from a journalist. Um, so then you you realize that a free market or capitalism actually is the way forward and uh that's the only way that you can make a success uh, is to is to actually do something with your life uh take control and and not let uh people or or systems bring you down um and then my love hate relationship with you started forming uh, <laughs> um so we know that you were you were you were part of the Free Market Foundation from about 2012, I think, right? So far, so good. Yeah, I've been I've been uh, the, the financial supporter and a member of the Free Market Foundation for for many years. I only became uh, active, oh the chairman. Um, yeah, I only became active. Uh, I think uh, 2012, if I'm not wrong, something right. like that. But I've been uh, I've been a member and a financial supporter of the of the Free Market Foundation for many years. And a very important. Yeah, so it's a very important organization. 
It's one of my unsung heroes of this country. Yeah. So, well, the Free Market Foundation is a client of mine, and I suggest everybody uh, goes and supports them. But then, Herman, here's where here's where my love hate relationship with you began. You joined the DA. <laughs> <laughs> And then, well, we, we live in lives, uh, but uh, I, I'm happy to tell the story. Yes, you, you're welcome to tell the story because um, I'm I'm so disillusioned with all the political parties, including the DA. Um, and you joined the DA, and uh, I remember I'll tell you I'll tell you quickly when you became the mayor of Joburg. Um, I was very very happy, and I thought that you and Solly were probably the best of of the bunch and i had, i remember at that stage saying that you should be the new da leader um mainly because i i really uh connect with with your views uh and how you see the world but then something something very strange happened um you started uh, a, what what appeared to be buying into a lot of the sort of da policies which on the outside looked like they they weren't aligned to you have i got it wrong what happened and tell me a little bit about your da membership and well, what yes, i remember uh, if if you uh, you remember i joined uh, da for the first time in my life to take uh, um, membership of a political party was immediately i think two, a week or two after the 2014 uh, general election when jacob zuma was uh, elected for the second time by 62 percent of south africa can you believe it i then my goodness what the what the hell is going on mm. here? i said no I, I can't just sit back and I'm not going anywhere in this country. This is my country. Allow the constitution allows me. I've been vote. I've been voting for the DA uh, ever since. I voted for the DA. To, to, sorry for the ANC twice in 1994 and uh, 1999. And during Thabo Mbeki's second term, that's when I lost uh, the, the mm. hope, faith in 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 uh, in Thabo Mbeki and the ANC. When they were supporting Mugabe, when Mugabe yeah. started his uh, the, um, the nonsense in in, in, in Zimbabwe, yeah. that's when and and uh, I have a, 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 the president who was talking about the African Renaissance and uh, the rebirth of Africa, but at the same time he has someone destroying that beautiful country, uh, destroying the, the human beings, uh, the, uh, human rights abuses. That's when I said no. You know what? Let me distance myself from the ANC. That's when I had to look for alternative. There was this small party. There was only one closer to, to my values. Was the DA. And uh, so after Jacob Zuma was elected for the second time, that's when I took membership. And at the time, in fact, I, I did I did a, a three minutes video. You can check it on on YouTube. Why why I joined the DA mm. to explain to people why I joined the DA to say to South Africans particularly youth to say look let's vote for political parties not because they look like us let's vote for political parties because of their values and mm. uh, as soon as uh, you discover that uh, the their values uh, do not really uh, meet with yours then move on you are not married to a political uh, party. And uh, obviously, it came uh, late 2015 uh, when DA was looking for a mayoral candidate. Um, something that I never thought in my wildest life that one day <laughs> I'll become a F7. I mean, a, a, a capitalist like myself. Yes. But then, when I looked at uh, the, the risk the country was facing, I eventually accepted to be the mayoral can candidate. And I made it really very clear in that video I'm talking about. Mm. Is the DA perfect? Fortunate enough, I don't look for perfection in, for, for 
the perfection mm. in human being because no human being is 100% perfect. All of us, if there's one person who makes mistake every day is me. But as long as I, what happens is you don't make deliberate mistakes because the thing is the only way we can change life is to keep trying something new. And when you try something new, in the process, you're gonna make mistakes. But don't obviously make the same mistake twice and don't really be deliberate. Unfortunately, 22nd, or fortunately, or whatever, I don't know how one would really call it, uh, 22nd of August uh, 2016, I was elected uh, the first mayor of the city of Johannesburg to run a seven-way multi-party government, um, uh, obviously with a D8, 38%. And that's, and by then I had already realized during my campaign the certain things that I wasn't happy with with the DA that um, I had misread what they stood for. Mm. But I said, sure, we, we can really change. And I really tried for the three years, the arrogance of the DA over the three years, uh, the, the rejection of me to be really and uh, run a poor, poor government in a country with such inequality. They wanted me to be a party man. And I said, no, I'm not a party man. I'm not in this job to serve political parties. I'm here to serve society. Um, we have such high inequality. I mean, we reached a stage where, I mean, the last few months of uh, the, the, my the, the mayorship, uh, I was no longer in talking terms with the DA because uh, I think uh, the, the, the arrogance and, and the approach, uh, the deceitfulness where they talk about building one South Africa for all in public, but when we must do it, they, they are against it. And I said, you know what, when the, in, uh, this new the group that wanted to um, uh, to, uh, to hijack, the, the, the capture the, the DA, I said, you know what, I've witnessed uh, the NC being captured by the Guptas, so I'm not going to be associated with the party that is uh, that is captured, that wants to really be on, on, on on the, on the right of uh, even uh, Orania. Remember, I yes. really made the statement a few weeks before. I said, you know what? I don't want to be associated with with a party that is not committed to building an unracial South, South Africa. So as then I said, you know what? I'm not prepared to really be part of this, and I don't have to really to go and fight with the with the DA in court like they did with Patricia Diller. Being a mayor for me is the last job in the world um, that I need. That's why here I'm, I'm unemployed. Um, I've got my wife and my family looking after me. I'm busy with the people's dialogue. Um, um, uh, now with this COVID-19, uh, they're yes. giving us some challenges. So we're in a... In a the <laughs> so we're in the process of... Um, a formation of the of, of a political party mm. informed by civil society and what gives me such great inspiration uh, and and I'm really so grateful that the, of the decision that I took to resign well, from the DA well, uh, at I, the time. Oh yeah, I want to come to the people's dialogue in a moment, uh, but I just still want to, if you don't mind, I, there's a there are a lot of people asking questions and all kinds of comments and things regarding the DA. People have got a lot of interest in in your involvement with uh, the mayor position and of course the DA um, you you made some some decisions when you were the mayor that that were considered controversial particularly to do with um, uh, foreigners you I'm sure you remember some of that what was what was going on there 
Well, it, it is one project I'm actually so committed to. Uh, if you look at um, uh, at the moment, 39% uh, of our fellow South Africans are unemployed. Um, just uh, last week, uh, National Treasury has already confirmed uh, that um, this country's uh, GDP is going to shrink by uh, what 6.4%. Mm. So we're going to add another seven to six. I mean, three to. Uh, 7 million unemployed South yeah. Africans. In the meantime, we've got our borders completely open to, to all manner of criminality. And uh, I said, no, South African first. Uh, we cannot, we want people of the world to come to South Africa, but we want them to come here legally. And when they're here in South Africa, they must respect our laws. We cannot afford a situation where our people are relegated uh, to the fringes of, uh, of society. They must become part of, uh, of the general society. And um, something that uh, the, the DA uh, really never supported yeah. me on. But because I knew it was it was something it was the right thing to do, I've pushed it and and I will push it. And fortunate enough, the two and a half million South Africans who engaged us uh, in in the three months of the People's Dialogue, it's it's actually one of the issues that South Africans, black and white, are saying we want our safety. Yeah. We cannot have a situation where drugs that uh, drugs are being brought into this country. It's, we cannot live in a country where billions of counter goods. Are brought into the country, destroying our businesses. Look at uh, what's happened with Edcon right now. How yeah. will Ed, uh, the group like Edcon compete with all these billions of uh, no. of of counterfeit goods coming in, into this country uh, illegally? Uh, people don't employ South Africans, and uh, people expect us to sit uh, back and do something. Go into the city center of Johannesburg and look at modern day slavery when all these criminal uh, mm. syndicates, international ones bringing goods into South Africa, they do labeling, they, they, they close up uh, kids, we don't know where they get them from. It's, uh, modern day slavery happening in this country. I've been in these buildings before I took over. The police used to refuse to go into those buildings. Sure. And I said, guys, as long as I'm a mayor of this city, no building in this country is going to be a no-go area. Ask uh, South African police, ask uh, Joburg Metro Police, I used to lead. Uh, 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 I used to lead uh, uh, raids into those. I said, "There's no building that we are not going to uh, to raid." Unfortunately, we were let down by the overall criminal justice system mm -hmm. because, as a municipality, we can go out and arrest people, but we give them to South African police services, the walks, and and the courts, and that is where things actually quite collapse. Um, Herman, this, so there's a question from a guy called Ronaldo in the comments. He actually is a DA ward councillor, so um, he has a dog in this fight. Let me read you his question. He says, well, his comment, he says, uh, you joined the DA under Helen Zilla. Then at the end, you had bad things to say about her. Uh, you started believing that you were bigger than the party. Your Twitter feed at the end sounded EFF in nature. What do you say about that comment? My goodness, uh, I think I've uh, already explained uh, this. You know, you I voted for I voted for the, for Nelson Mandela, I voted mm. for Tabo Mbeki. <laughs> so what's wrong? What's special about uh, Helen Zilla that I, I I cannot really change my mind once I discover who she is? Mm -hmm. I voted for Nelson Mandela, I voted mm. for Tabo Mbeki, I voted for the NC. So is anything special about uh, Helen Zilla that once you marry to Helen Zilla, you cannot really right. divorce even when you see that Helen Zilla is not what you thought she was. Helen Zilla is not what I thought. Uh, the, I was mistaken. I like uh, even with the, with the, with, with the, with the ANC. 
and with any party, political party, and mm. I think all of us as South Africans need to operate like that. We don't operate with political parties as if, uh, you know, I cannot really divorce them, like I can divorce my children and whatever. Uh, if uh, a political party does not really represent your values, you, you walk away from it. Yeah. And I walked away from the DA because the DA is not committed uh, to unseating the ANC. The ADA is not committed to one South Africa for all. I uh, I must say I I do agree with uh, parts of what you're saying. I um, I'm a big fan of of your of your history. I do like Helen as well, but I mean I also can't align myself. Uh, well, at least in the past, I haven't been able to align myself to the to the to the DA. Although I'm hoping that that things can change. But this is where it gets interesting. So you now you and uh, and and Musi have created something called the People's Dialogue. What is that? No, no. Not with Musi, not. Uh, I started this on my own. I invited oh. Musi later on. Right. By then, he had already started his own thing. Because when I left, I, I left on my own, and uh, he lived in Cape Town. I left, I lived here in Joburg. Right. Uh, by the time uh, I, uh, I could not get hold of him, I was few days to launch, and uh, and he said he's, he's doing his own thing, okay. and he said, look, we'll see somewhere along the line if we can work together. So at the moment. Definitely not really working with uh, with Musi. But 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 what is the people's dialogue then? What what is it? Well, the whole, the whole idea behind the people's dialogue. When when I announced the, the resignation from the DA, there was an outcry of uh, South Africans. Others asking me to stay and uh, change the DA from within. Others say no, start your own political party. But my knowledge of uh, starting a political party uh, honestly was non-existent firstly and secondly i felt you know what for one to start a political party i need a mandate it's like st- starting the AK products or, or computer there has to really be a market so i needed to find out uh, do i have the following firstly and uh, and that following do we share the same values that is really what uh, the people's dialogue was was all about was to really engage south africans to see if uh, we are agree on key fundamental values and i'll and i'm happy to share some of those please values. do yes please do values, uh, that, that came out of the people's dialogue i would love to hear those values half million south africans who, who engaged us we reached over 33 million south africans uh, mm. during the three months Obviously, some of them, you can understand, it must have been repeats. But those who submitted, gave in submissions, 125 of them gave us uh, um, submissions of uh, up to 12 to uh, 10 to 12 pages. Serious mm. kind of stuff. And generally, the 2.5 million people who gave input into the People's Dialogue. The first thing that they want, in car, it's very clear. South Africans are looking for a political party that can drive the creation of an unracial South Africa. And I mean, and I mean, as it stands, Herman, uh, there seems to be a lot of overlap um, and nothing, nothing seems to be, other than perhaps a few of the smaller fringe parties, uh, the, the major parties all seem to kind of say and represent the same sort of thing. What is it, what are some of those values in that the People's Dialogue uh, offers? Well, uh, the first one I told you is uh, it, it's a creation of non-racial South Africa. Yeah. None of the political parties or the big ones, it's committed to, to ANC is not committed to, to non-racialism. EFF very far. 
a DA, I've been a member of the DA, served as a mayor for three years. DA is not interested in creating an unracial South Africa. There's one South Africa for all. It is just a marketing ploy. Mm. DA is not committed to building an unracial South Africa. Secondly, South Africans are committed to free markets uh, as economy. South Africans want a government uh, that can create an equitable environment for South Africans uh, of all races to really be able to really uh, to be the ones to drive the economy. Uh, it's not the government that must actually drive the economy. South Africans are committed to redress. South Africans are aware that uh, South Africa is the most unequal society. Unequal society after many years of the apartheid uh, the rule, including 26 years of ANC creating mm. uh, inequality. You know, the World Bank a few years ago did a, a, a study, not me, the World Bank did a study that South Africa is more unequal today than it was uh, during the apartheid years. So as much as yes, apartheid played a role in inequality to, 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 uh, between black and, and, and white, ANC then came in, created um, a patronage network that also is part of the the, 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 the risk. But, but what happened is the poor remain even more poor. The type of uh, poor and deplorable conditions that we see here in Alexander, in Zanspray, mm. in the inner city of Johannesburg, never used to really be there in, in, in the past. So ANC created this massive um, uh, the people who are rich, billionaires, created billionaires, and at the same time created the level of poverty that South Africa never used to, never grew up in that kind of environment. Why never grew up in that kind of environment? My mother used to work, my sisters used to mm. work in Babelech Industrial. You know, in my scroll, we had Babelech Industrial area. They used to work there, my two sisters, uh, one was working as, as a nurse at Barra. Every month, my family uh, did not have to really rely on government for us to put bread on, on the table. You uh, know, is there today? We've got over what, 17, 18 million people. For them to put bread on the table, they had to rely on social grants. 54% of South Africans live below the, uh, the poverty line. This mm. happened under democratic uh, government. Um, look, there are so many questions and comments. I honestly cannot answer, even read half of them. Um, if, if people want to read the more specific stuff about the People's Dialogue, they can obviously just go to the website, right? Yeah, and, and I will soon be releasing the, the, the report because the, the final report, it's, it's already it's a 69-page uh, report. Uh, the only thing that's uh, holding us back is the lockdown because this is a public document. Yeah. These are inputs coming from South Africans. Uh, one of I've already started sharing it with prominent South Africans. I'm actually going to send you the, Please the do. copy when we finish. Yes. I'm going to send you the copy, including the executive summary. Yeah, so and I'll put it. That document. I'll put it under the and video. Tell you once, once, yeah, once you read that document, you'll have hope. As much as we've got major challenges, mm. and COVID nineteen has created even a bigger challenge uh, for us. Well, uh, there uh, is hope that uh, that uh, we are going to unseat the ANC soon, so that we can really start, uh, start all over again. Is it going to be an easy road? What is easy in life? 
I've got some comments. I mean, I've got some questions to ask you now about the lockdown, but there are a lot of people in the comments, Herman, asking about what what problems or ideological problems you had with Helen. Would you mind just uh, um, elaborating a little bit on that? A lot of people want to know what is it that you disagreed with? Well, I think it's if, 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 if uh, you, you have a party that uh, goes out and promote um, one South Africa for all, but when we must uh, practice it, they, they refuse. One party that uh, is aware that we are the most unequal society in the world, we are saying, let us run a proper government. And, and with, with the support, I can tell you, DA support base, mainly our white support base, fully supportive of, 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 of the policies that I was uh, uh, adopting in Johannesburg. But there was a small group uh, led by Helen and, and a team and the IRR that was was against all this. Uh, let me give you an example of uh, the, the one of the projects where I actually even told them, go and make it your policy. You can imagine uh, coming to government, discover there's this network of NC cadres exploiting our people for 10, 15 years, security guards. The city of Johannesburg pays up to 14,000 rands of security guard, but the poor guy takes home three and a half, four thousand rands with no benefit, no appointment letter, no salary slip every month. Sure. This comes to my attention. EFF says, guys, Mayor, can you do something about When this thing came to my attention, hardly a year, I said, we're going to change this. And I bring it to the attention of the DA. And the DA tells me, no, this is not our policy. But I said, what do you mean it's not your policy? I said, guys, here is uh, allowing our people to be exploited as, as government. We're not asking government to put in extra money. This money, instead of going to ANC cadres, let us give it uh, to, to the 7,000 South Africans. Uh, change uh, and make uh, uh, a difference in, in their lives. They tell me um, uh, insourcing is not their policy. I said, go and make it your policy. Let me tell you something. In the city of Johannesburg, with or without your policy, the city of Johannesburg is going to insource uh, this poor South African. And we did it. These are some things that I just cannot understand when someone says mm. he's committed to, uh, to non-racial South Africa. You are committed to inequality. Uh, in 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 ways, but you're not prepared to do it in 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 practice. Exactly what I said to you when we started our discussion that mm. my grandmother taught me: listen to people, judge them. Herman, are you? Am I understanding you correctly? Are you saying that that you feel that that the the DA support base would have supported your suggestions, but the they supported me. They supported me. In fact, on on many occasions when they, I was having issues with the DA, I'll say, guys, let's have a meeting in a, in a particular ward with the people. I will stand up, talk to people for an hour with no script. By the time I finish, I'll have a standing ovation with the 90, 95% of uh, white uh, South Africans. Says sure. Mayor, please go and give people of Alexander, go and give people of Sanspray, go and give them toilets, go and give them dignity. These are our people working for us. And uh, the, but the DA rep some of the DA representatives will tell me, no, why take uh, the, our residents' money, go and spend it with people who are not voting for us? So it is not about the people not voting for us. It's about social justice. Are you committed to really doing the right things? So if you are not interested, I'm going to do it anyway. And when they started having discussions with the ANC uh, to unseat me, 
that's when I realized, mm. uh, you know what, they have um, uh, uh, behind the scene discussions with the ANC to unseat me because they thought um, I was arrogant and not listening to them. I said, uh, you know what, guys, have your government. This is the last thing. This is the last job I want. Firstly, and secondly, I don't want to be associated uh, with a party like this. So the DNI, uh, our relationship is what under the bridge. So in the comments, a guy called Loki, uh, he's got a question for you. He wants to know, please can you ask Herman what his views are on uh, BEE and going forward? Well, I think uh, uh, redress is it's very important. I think uh, the, the, the inequalities, uh, the deprivation of black people, uh, not being involved in business, it's really very key. What I don't support is ANC uh, policies of, of uh, whether you want to call it BAD or whatever. We we are committed to, to redress. That's what I'm saying is majority of South Africans are, are for redress. But redress, you don't do it in a, in a punitive manner. You do it, encourage people to really work together. That's why people are, in, uh, are, are committed to non-racialism. People are, in, uh, are, are committed to the private sector being the driver of the economy. But in the process, let us ensure that uh, we encourage, uh, give incentives for businesses to work together so that 10, 15, 20 years down the line, we cannot really have this kind of nonsense of what we've experienced uh, during the ANC days. Do you, um, do you believe in what Martin Luther King said, that we must judge people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin? Well, uh, I lived uh, by that. Mm. Uh, I'm a, a strong uh, believer in that. That's why I don't care what people uh, call me. They, mm. they when I the DA right now, but they insult me for whatever. You know what? Mm. Uh, I've got my own principles that I stand by. Do I make mistakes in life? I'm a human being. Yeah. But one thing for sure is that I'm not a crook. I will never mislead anyone. After for me, when you deal with me, to uh, what you see is what you get. Because uh, uh, I'm not scared to make tough decisions. Um, actually, making tough decisions is part of my my DA. But, but what is important for me is to always whatever I do, I must believe in it and I must do it for the right reasons. That's why I'm committed to non-racialism. That's why I'm in. I'm yeah. committed to the capitalist system. That's why I'm committed uh, to. Uh, uh, to address to, to uh, and social justice. That's why I'm in. I'm, I'm committed to uh, to the rule of law. That's why I'm committed uh, to, to to South Africa changing our electoral system so that one day my grandchildren can live in a country and society where public officials are elected by them, not by political parties in dark corners and dark room. We have very little time left, Herman, but I I want to quickly get your views on how you think the uh, ANC has handled this COVID pandemic as a, with the lockdowns. I, I'm i very open about this. I absolutely oppose the lockdowns. I think it's causing a lot of harm, but I want to know your views. Well, I think in, in, in the beginning, um, I supported uh, the president because I thought for the first time here is it uh, we might, uh, I thought we're dealing with a genuine man who knows what he's doing. Mm. But um, unfortunately, what, six, seven weeks later, uh, I don't really, really trust. I've lost uh, faith, I've lost hope. Uh, when the president can stand in front of this nation and, and tell us uh, that uh, he's got a five 
500 billion rand stimulus package. That's and then when I question this, you you go into that. Uh, it's a PR stunt. It's a lie. Mm. But, uh, what is the stimulus package? Stimulus package is bringing additional money in 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 the in the economy. Debt. What was not debt. And, and uh, please go through uh, how much money is coming in with the three banks. Not if a single one of them the, the deal is it's already it's already signed. Talking lies about the banks, uh, the, the banks uh, with their normal transactions um, uh, put in this as part of stimulus package. But 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 banks have been doing business all along. Right now, they cannot actually share with us um, how they 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 they're going to be reprioritizing uh, some of the money that they're moving from one project to the other. They've never really shared the, 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 this with us. So I think because of realizing that I never trusted Sarul Ramaphosa from the beginning. I'm sure you, you are very. You, oh no, no, I don't trust him. I wrote I wrote an opinion piece. Uh, a week before Sir Ramaphosa was elected to say, you know what, this man is going to let you down. Yeah. A week before the elections last year, I said to South Africans, I said, uh, if you elect this man into power, I'm telling you, within 18 to 24 months, you're going to be asking for Jacob Zuma to come back. Funny so you should when, say when that. Down, <laughs> <laughs> so with, with that, with that look, with the lockdown, I thought uh, he, he, he was being genuine. Yes. But I think um, right now to, to, for the president of the country to stand in front of the nation and uh, saying, look, we never thought our people lived under this type of conditions. Mm -hmm. How should... I, I think it's an insult. I also so think you so. You didn't really know that uh, uh, people did not have water, did not have toilets and so forth. Uh, once you, once you start really dealing with human beings at that level, I, I lose uh, hope, I lose faith and respect for them because uh, the, for the president and the NC, uh, all of a sudden to realize that our people did not have water, did not have toilets, and it's worse and now. The lockdowns no, made it worse. And the president stand in front of us and says mm. he was not out. You know that's when you realize oh, no 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 you know what. I have not really personally have, have respect for this one. But at the end of the day, the lockdown, we need to find a way to manage it. But at the same time, we must find ways not to destroy our economy. Because you can imagine, not me, National Treasury has already indicated that uh, this economy is going to shrink by 6.4%. I have a feeling. Going to lose yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, I think we're going to we're going to lose seven to to uh, 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 I mean three to seven uh, million South, South South Africans in the process. So once you get this type of uh, the, the the numbers from officials and and the president and and his uh, cabinet, uh, they they don't want to really confirm all this. Yeah, these are things that uh, you know does not really inspire confidence uh, in in them. When you've got a challenge, be honest with people. Yeah. It will be difficult, yeah. yes, in the beginning, but then people will understand. But if you try and really then play games on, with the lives of people, because as a president of the country, whatever you say, whatever you do, has got an impact on future generations. And unfortunately, the president and the ANC are playing games with, with the lives of my grandchildren. I think you are very right. There's one last question for you, if you don't mind, Herman, before you go. Uh, Russell wants to know, uh, what are your views, Herman, on firearm ownership for civilians? 
Well, under the current um, criminal justice system, which I don't know if it is still there. Yes, it is here for, for poor people and those uh, with no money. Um, but uh, in, in an environment where our borders are open, do you know how many people we've got in this country undocumented with no documentation whatsoever? Mm. Uh, I mean, people have got to really protect themselves. Uh, with the criminal justice system that I'm, is I'm saying is, I don't know if uh, it is still there, whereas we see the army, we see the police arresting poor people for going out uh, to, to buy food, to go, in, to go and buy food and uh, whatever. So th that's where our criminal justice system does uh, exist. But individually, uh, as individual South Africans, are we protected? I'm afraid not. In fact, uh, was it yesterday I, I saw on social media that, uh, and, and the guy posted this to be a fact, that uh, South Africa has uh, arrested more people um, violating COVID-19 than, uh, than uh, the people who've looted state resources. Gee, really? Uh, it, uh, it, uh, if you look at it, it uh, I, I retweeted that. Good heavens. It says that South Africa is in, in, um, arrested more people uh, for violation of uh, COVID-19 uh, uh, regulations than, uh, than the, the ones who looted uh, trillions of our money. That's why they assisted uh, the Guptas to leave the country. How do you think the Guptas uh, left uh, South, South Africa? They're laughing, enjoying themselves. That's why they can still afford uh, to help uh, to uh, be in Dubai, have a 10, 10 million rand mm. uh, wedding. Uh, you know, Where, how did they leave this country? Don't you think? Uh, don't you think uh, uh, the government to play a role? Definitely. Uh, oh, yeah. without a doubt. Oh, so the Guptas didn't just, uh, you know, the left. If you read uh, um, how they used to boast, and uh, it's written about it, that, that um, uh, the Guptas never worried about the ANC because they captured the entire mm. ANC. Herman, um, we have reached our our time limit, and I really appreciate your time. I just look. I just want to thank everybody. There were hundreds of comments and questions. I couldn't. I just couldn't get to um, the even the minority of them uh i apologize to all those i couldn't um ask or, or read out herman your um time with me has been so so interesting i thoroughly thoroughly enjoy your backstory i must tell you the most i think uh if there's anything that people that south africans can learn from you it's it's your growing up story for me is just the most uh it's the most inspiring that you never let a system break you down always always remember that you can um, defeat the system, not so. That's what you learned growing up. Well, uh, uh, just did not really beat uh, the, the apartheid system. Um, the, the I'm now fighting another evil system mm. of the current government. And I think uh, that's what all of us as society needs uh, to do as individuals. Um, mm. When there's evil, we, we, we must fight it, not allow it uh, to really dominate our space. And I think uh, what worries me, scares me about South Africans, if you look at the last elections, uh, just over 18 million South Africans did not vote as compared to just over 17 million. ANC lost over 2 million voters. That's good. And they're still going to, yeah, they, they lost uh, between from 19 from 2014 to 2019. ANC lost uh, uh, roughly two million voters. Sure. Uh, they're still in government. Now, can you imagine 
only 25% of the people who vote, who, who did not go out and vote. Today will be having a new, ANC will be history. But fortunate enough, if I look at majority of the people who've engaged us through the People's Dialogue are those who are concerned. And they thought it was the right decision for them not to go out and vote. And what we are doing, we're spending a fortune, we're spending time and effort to educate them on the value of going out to vote. Go out and vote as long as you don't vote for the NC. For me, or the EFF. Whether you vote or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. As, but as long as, you know, as for me, honestly, what's important is as long as you don't vote for the NC. NC has proven beyond any reasonable doubt that uh, they failed us and they will keep vo 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 failing us. Look at, uh, let me give you an example of uh, mm. uh, the determination of ANC to keep publics uh, ignorant. Take uh, the two ministers of education. How long have those two guys uh, been in, in, um, in office as ministers of education? Look at the results of uh, South African education, the outcomes <laughs> of South African education system. It's one of the worst in the world. Yeah. So, so basically what um, my argument uh, in effect is that ANC, these people, as far as ANC is concerned, they are doing a fantastic job because they are keeping black people ignorant. That's why they yeah. must be rewarded. Yeah. I, because if you look at... Uh, in the research done about the outcome of South African education, those ministers should have been, uh, they should not have been in office for six months. How long have they been in office? For more than 10 years. They are trusted. They are, they are the President Cyril Ramaphosa's lieutenants to ensure that uh, more and more black people uh, do not get the right type of education. Oh, well, in and that case, but in that case, they're doing well. If they if their role is to try and keep uh, the, the black, black people ignorant, then they're doing a good job. <laughs> well, no, no, as far as uh, the, uh, the ANC is concerned, they're doing well. I mean, the, that's why they will never. Invent, that's why they decided to split uh, the two uh, departments. And I've always been of the view to say, look, do we need uh, as part of our uh, uh, our stimulus package, 64 ministers in this country? as compared to the United States with mm. a population 10 times our size, almost 10 times our size, um, 19 ministers. We've got 64. No, it's too many. Education, we've got two. No. All the deputy ministers. Tell me, what's the role of a deputy minister in this country? Because when the minister, because obviously, if it, is, if it was not because of COVID-19, half of them will be yeah. somewhere in the cloak, right? Mm. And then every time when they leave, they the president will still have, uh, not have uh, the deputy acting. They will still have an acting. So then what's the point of having uh, um, uh, a deputy minister? Just by removing deputy ministers, you know how much the, the country will save? How much? A year? A billion. A billion from removing okay, deputies? Salaries, I did an exercise a few weeks ago. Just their salaries are deputy ministers. Almost 300, just over 300 billion. Rands. Good heavens. And then uh, ready they then look at uh, look at uh, their security, the housing allowance, and, and whatever. So uh, work it out. If if you just remove uh, you remove the deputy men, uh, uh, you, you remove the deputy ministers, uh, you reduce mm. the size of it. You okay, don't need yeah. uh, two you two, two ministers of education. You only need one and someone who's committed to the education yeah. of South Africa. Yeah. You know, are you aware eighty percent of public schools in this country are dysfunctional? 80%. Good heavens. 80. 
80% of public schools Jeez. in this country are dysfunctional. Gee, okay, well, listen, Herman, um, <laughs> you... You have uh, inspired a lot of comments. Uh, you might have, you might have to join me again in the next uh, in the next short while in the next few weeks perhaps uh, because there are so many questions. I'm happy anytime. My next official meeting is at two o'clock. I'm happy to talk to you between now and two o'clock. But I know you've got other engagements. Yes, and, um, I actually have to earn. A, okay. I, I still have to earn an income. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm one of those who, who can work from home. Thank you so much, um, Herman. Yes. It's it's an absolute pleasure. Um, I'll I'll put your 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 information underneath the video, the links to the website and so on, um, and then uh, the document that you said that that you'd sent to me. You've I'll got send it immediately within the next half an hour. You can send it to me via email or via WhatsApp. That's hundred percent perfect. Thank you so much. Document. I'll send it through email. Perfect. I really appreciate your time. Thank you everybody for watching. Thank you, Herman. Have a great day. Have a great day, everybody else. Thanks for the super chats. Cheers, Thank Herman. Thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs>